0: R E A R E A R E A R E A. Audio. R E A audio. R E A audio. R E A audio. R-E-A. Audio. R-E-A. Audio. R E A audio. Reemployability. Ra- Reemployability. <laughs> Lindsay Bressy is our guest again this week. She's Reemployability's Transition to Work Program Coordinator. Her job is to expand our work from home program and she'll talk to us this week about the benefits of the program to both injured workers and to employers, as well as how nonprofits can take advantage as well. Lindsay you recently took a vacation and was able to visit some of our nonprofits while you were out in California and well I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because I'm glad we're able to kind of pivot towards that because I know last week we covered if you're an employer and you're interested in our work from home program how to get a hold of us but I know that there's some folks from nonprofits listening as well that may be interested because you said we were kind of building programs so right. uh, tell us first a little bit about your trip Trip and what you learned from some of our nonprofits while you were out there, and then talk a little bit about how we can help nonprofits that might be listening how to build their own work from home program.
1: Yeah, so um, I love to travel. First of all, so any opportunity I can get to pack a bag and take off, I love to do that. Um, So recently in California, I was able to visit a couple of our nonprofit partners out there who have hosted many of our volunteers and I thought it might be fun to just go and meet them in person um, since I was out there anyway. So I'm actually originally from Ventura County, California and had the opportunity to visit the Habitat for Humanity Restore out there. And she has hosted over 70 of our light duty workers. She always provides them with a really special experience and just seeing the restore for myself was really, really fun. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, At the time of my visit, there were actually two of our injured workers working there, and they had become really good friends actually, which was really nice to see that uh-huh. they were getting something more than just, you know, going in to perform light duty work at a nonprofit. Um, Wendy, who is our volunteer services manager over there, she was showing me around the facility, gave me a really nice tour. Um, she was so grateful for our volunteers that she even set up a separate office for them. So, uh-huh. like a little break room, mm-hmm. a computer for them to clock in and out. And in just speaking to these two gentlemen, Frey and Gerardo, they had found a rhythm and a groove and they had both been off of work for quite some time prior to being placed into the program, so this just kind of gave them that sense of routine and being on a schedule and even having something as simple as that human interaction and being social with other people. Um, also at the time of my visit, which I thought was really neat, was a, a gentleman who was previously in re-employability, but he had been released back to full duty and still committed once a week to come help Wendy out at the ReStore. Um, and I kind of asked him why he would want to do that.
0: I, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, we do that a lot, actually, <laughs> yeah. quite honestly.
1: And it, it's really nice just to hear that they got something special out of the experience that... You know, motivated them to continue to give back even after they've recovered from their work-related injury, and his name was Hector, and he actually sometimes brings his daughter in to volunteer with him. So again, just kind of exposing her to that idea that you know anyone's capable of giving back and doing good for the community.
0: Uh, So you had mentioned that they made it a very special experience. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a concern that we hear from the sales end a lot from our clients is you know what's what's their experience going to be like because employers who care about their employees especially in today's hiring environment where it's hard to hire good employees when you have good employees you want to keep them and you want to get them back quicker right Right. what sort of things do we suggest to nonprofits when we bring them on and not necessarily for the just at home program but in general with your experience in our service department what are some of the things that we want to make sure that nonprofits have in place before we send an injured worker to them
1: so we definitely we definitely want our nonprofits to have a really good understanding of our program and our expectations for our light duty volunteers and you know a lot of our nonprofits are really good about doing orientations with our volunteers so taking them for those tours um, on their first day, kind of getting a sense of what their interests are. A lot of times, depending even depending on that person's occupation, we might want to try to pair them with an organization that has something to do with that, or, or where they can use those those same types of skills. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually used to work in the nonprofit sector prior to reemployability, so I always encourage our nonprofits, and they do this anyway, but to really explain the why behind the work that the injured worker is doing. Um, When I hosted, you know, groups or individual volunteers, that's what I would tell them. I would explain the work that they're doing and it could have been something like sorting canned goods or assembling boxes of groceries or organizing clothing donations. And the task can sometimes seem a little tedious, but explaining like how this is contributing to a bigger picture, I think it helps. The individuals that are volunteering make a bigger connection and mm. find a bigger meaning in the work that they're doing.
0: Do you find that nonprofits are pretty on board with doing that? Yes. Yeah. 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 One of the things that we try to explain to our new employers, a lot of times people think that a nonprofit just kind of takes anybody, right? And, and we place people in a nonprofit and there's not really a need for that volunteer and I don't know if it's because of experiences that people have had when they volunteered before you know you show up at a big event and maybe you you stand there for a half hour Mm -hmm. and then you kind of do one little thing and then you do another little thing the nonprofits that we're sending these injured workers to they have a specific need for a person to do a role and if that person doesn't show up that work doesn't get done it's just like a regular business right? right the only difference is that a nonprofit can't have a profit at the end of the year mm-hmm. but every other part of the way they operate is exactly like a regular for-profit business correct Correct. yeah so so there are need for these employ. there's needs for these injured workers at these nonprofits and they do want to do all that they can in order to keep those people happy just like right. an employer would right for sure last week we talked a little bit about the the program that you're building, the work from home program, that definitely allows injured workers to do meaningful work working from home uh, in certain circumstances where if they have driving restrictions or if they live in a very rural area or if the uh, client or the employer specifically asks for them to be in a work from home situation. can you tell us a little bit about how, uh, if there's a nonprofit listening right now that's like, boy, that sounds really cool, but I have no idea how to even start a work from home program for volunteers. What are the sort of things that we kind of brainstorm with them to put that type of thing in place?
1: So something that I'm currently creating is a survey that I want to send to some of our nonprofit partners, just kind of asking them, what, what do they need? Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of work would be beneficial for their organization and kind of just thinking of different ways that we can collaborate and work together to continue to help that nonprofit build their volunteer network as well as further their mission Um, so sometimes it could be like you know helping with marketing or social media or having someone if it's like a thrift store Going around the store, taking pictures, and then maybe uploading them to an online store if someone wanted to do online shopping for a thrift store instead of physically going in, which is kind of a new idea that we're. We're brainstorming, And a lot of times it's just a conversation that we're having with a nonprofit and we're like, well, what about this? Or what about that? And you just never know what kind of fun ideas you can come up with.
0: And I know we kind of do that when we're making traditional placements as well. Sometimes we speak right. with nonprofits and they're like,
1: well, I really
0: don't know what they could do. And we bring up some good ideas sometimes yes. as well what types of nonprofits are you specifically targeting to reach out to currently? Is it, is it anybody? Is there like You mentioned thrift stores. Is there any specific uh, category of nonprofit that, that we'd like to talk to now for the work from home program?
1: For the work from home program right now I'm mostly working with places like the American Red Cross or MDA. Um, I've reached out to a lot of Chamber of Commerce's all across this, the United States, just to kind of get a sense of what their their needs might be, or if they might know of any nonprofits in their communities that might need volunteer assistance that may never have heard of reemployability, but it would be a good introduction. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. What what sort of what are you getting good responses?
1: I am actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I. I send an email, follow up with a phone call, and just kind of talk about who we are, what we do, and if it's something that might interest that community or that nonprofit organization. And the great thing about nonprofits is they all seem to know each other. So they're like, you know what, Um, we would love your help, but I also know several other organizations or several other colleagues that could really benefit from something like this. So everyone's kind of pitching in and helping us build our network.
0: So, if you could build a wish list of things that people would tell you uh, when you talk to these nonprofits, is there anything that sticks out in your head? Like,
1: boy, that would be perfect. As far as like,
0: just just maybe something new, and uh, maybe a new category of nonprofits, or something possibly that you're hearing from the injured workers who are participating in these types of programs. You know, we want to. Th- this series moving past the holidays is to talk about success stories right. and we wanna highlight the success stories of injured workers but also wanna highlight some successes that we have with nonprofits and and sometimes like you said you, you you brainstorm some ideas that maybe folks in the nonprofit world don't think about. Is there anything that you're hearing from the injured workers that we might be able to instill into nonprofits to make them kinda lean in and be like, you know what, that's a good idea. Maybe we could do that.
1: Yeah um so I think Feedback as far as feedback from injured workers is, I think for the most part, a lot of them are getting something out of the experience and maybe, you know, expanding it at more than just working at, you know, the physical nonprofit or if they're doing it from home, maybe going to one of their special events and just kind of seeing like where that work right. that they've done mm-hmm. in a separate location. How it leads and how it could impact the bigger
0: that, community. Yeah, that's great. It's kind of it's almost like a. It's not like giving them a promotion within it, but it's being. A, you mentioned the why, right? So right. it's really interest. It's very helpful to to really see the, the outcome of what you're doing, and right. as long as it's within the restrictions, that sounds like a, a terrific idea. Yep, absolutely. So, if a nonprofit wants to reach out to us, how do they get a hold of you to talk?
1: So they can reach out to me directly. Um, they can send me an email. They can call our community care team and be rerouted to a, the appropriate associate.
0: You want to give us your email
1: address? Yeah, it's lbressi that's B-R-E-S-S-I at reemployability.com.
0: And one other thing that we didn't mention that we were talking about before we started here uh, this morning was the fact that, statistically, we're finding that injured workers that work from home are actually getting back to their regular jobs quicker than in, a tra- than in a traditional placement. Now, the numbers we have as far as the work from home, certainly significantly less than the numbers we have in our traditional placements. This is relatively new to us and it's just kind of been ramping up. So we certainly have a, a it's just a sliver of a sample size. But that said, any input on why you think that is? And it's a, it's a five to seven day shorter period of time that they're in that, in that position.
1: Right, yeah, so right now I think on average someone who's doing a work from home assignment is in our program for about 36 days. Um, I think that might be because it's maybe more of a hands-on kind of position where yes, they're working closely with a nonprofit. we're doing our, our check-ins and making sure they're set up for success, but I also think the employers and adjusters are very hands-on in that process as well. Mm-hmm. Um, encouraging them and motivating them, and it makes them want to return to work faster. Right,
0: right. And, and I, I feel like sometimes in our situation, employers will kind of hand the injured worker off to the nonprofit and disengage, and we do in a traditional placement. And, and that is the number one, top, most important thing to remember from an employer and adjuster standpoint is anybody that's participating in a program like ours or any other program communication if you disengage with the injured worker they're going to disengage with you if you engage with them they're going to engage with you and the process is just significantly more effective right right yeah
1: absolutely agree for sure
0: <laughs> Lindsay thank you so much for joining us for the past couple of weeks it's been a lot of fun yeah, and thank you, and I appreciate it have a happy holiday you too and thank uh, you. we'll talk to you soon
1: all right thanks.
0: Thanks again for listening this week to REA Audio. If you have any comments or suggestions for an upcoming episode, please let us know. You can email Todd at reemployability.com. Also, please follow REA Audio on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out more content at listen to REA.com. Next week, we'll take a look back at some of the trends from 2021 and try to look into the crystal ball for 2022. Happy holidays and stay safe i